Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. Hey, good morning. If I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, my name is Samuel, and welcome to Life West. Uh, really glad you're here with us this morning. And I did want to say, last week, Becca preached and just did an amazing job, and I had a lot of people, we had a bunch of people say, hey, when's the podcast going to be up? And I'm like, it'll be up Monday, it's all good, just get up there and... We had something go wrong, don't know exactly what. This week was like the technical difficulty week uh, with that and a bunch of other stuff. So if you're still watching online, thanks for sticking with us. And we got the audio all sorted out. Thank you guys. But the podcast just got up. Um, I don't know exactly what happened. It was there and said it wasn't. But anyways, it's fixed. So if you were looking for that, the podcast of last week is up. It's on the website as well as wherever you can get, get your podcast from. It should be there and be accessible. But you're here today. And man, you picked a great week to be here. There's not really a bad week to come to church. I don't think so. That's especially not here. But you picked a really, really good one, and I'm super, super excited about it. Let me just say this. If, if you are making Life West Home, now if you're just here and it's kind of like, I don't know about this or what and, and God and church thing, come, please. You're more than welcome. We're so glad you're here. Check us out. But if you're here and you're like, no, I'm making Life West Home, then let me just tell you this. Jump in. Don't go halfway, Don't, because you're not going to get half the return. You won't get half the result. You won't get half the benefit. You'll get like an eighth of it. And so this is what I mean. Just jump in. Jump in. Get in a small group. Join a small group. They're starting in June. Maybe host a small group or, or get in one. If you're married, there's one that's coming up uh, that'll be starting right there in June, and that's Marriage on the Rock. And if you've been married for 20 minutes or 20 years, if you can make your marriage better, I'll take it. Like, I, I have a great marriage. I love it. But if I can make it better, I'll take that. Like, no, I don't want it to be better. No, absolutely not. So it's like every one of you should be clamoring to get in that one. That's one of them. There's a bunch of different groups. Get in, jump in, don't halfway. And then don't just come. Don't just, don't just come to church. Get involved, join the dream team. We'd love to have you plug in. Get around some people who are excited about using their gifts to build the kingdom of God. Go through Growth Trek. Give us, just, just dive in. Dive in, give it your all, and watch what God does in your life. Watch what God does in your life. I'll say it this way. Give us a year, but it won't take that long. And watch what God does. Don't make church halfway. Don't make it like the, oh, we do it every now and then. Don't look at the weather report to decide if you're coming to church or not. Be like, God, I'm giving you all of it, and watch what he does. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. But this morning... We're starting something that I'm calling a new normal. And as I was thinking about this, I really just thought of this, a story that you may be familiar with, the story of the ugly duckling. Now, who's ever heard this story before? Okay, really? I thought more of you would have... Okay, raise your hand if you've never heard of this. Okay, some of your arms are just broken, apparently, and they just, they just don't move. We'll lay hands on you, we'll fix that. Come on. Okay, the ugly duckling is a story, and maybe I need to explain this for a few of you that arms don't work, but the idea of this book is this, is that there's a mama duck is sitting on her nest, 
And she's got, in this version of it, you know, she's got, she's got five eggs in this nest. And as they finally hatch, she's so excited. And these cute little yellow ducks and baby ducks are just the cutest things. And they're so cute. So these, these baby ducks come out and there's, they're, four of them are all running around. But then there's this one egg, the big one that was in the nest, that just hasn't hatched yet. So she has to sit and wait. And finally it hatches. And the other ducklings come over and they're all just quack, quack, like the little ducks. And they come over and all of a sudden... The other egg, like, it, it hatches, but instead of a cute little yellow duckling, there's this white thing that comes out. And instead of going quack, quack, it goes honk. And all the ducks are like, ah! Even mom's like, oh, this is the ugly one. How could that be one of mine? And they go off to the lake, and, and they all, mom included, they all ditch this ugly duckling. And that's what they call it. They call it the ugly duckling. And I think the low point in the story really is when the ugly duckling, he's just been following around and he runs off by himself and he's sitting on the edge of the shore and he's crying and he says, why do they call me ugly? What's wrong with me? And in the book, he leans over and as he's leaning over the edge of this little cliff into the pond, he looks down into the pond, his tears are going into the pond, there's ripples being made by his tears, he looks down and he sees the distorted, weird view of himself, his reflection. And he says this, I am ugly. Now, most of us, I think, are familiar with the story and we know what happens in the end. What happens in the end of the book is although he wanders around, he ends up coming back to the pond and he hears a honk kind of like his own and he looks and there's some other, there's some other ducks that look like him. And he walks over by them, plays with them for a little bit until they hear their mom call and so they all leave and he thinks he's all alone but they say, look, we found another brother to play with. And when mom comes around the corner, it's a gorgeous swan. And he looks and she says, no, you're one of mine. Come here. And while he thought and he, while he compared himself to a duck, he was the ugly duckling, but now he realized, really, I'm a swan. And here's what I'm, uh, we're going to do in this series, A New Normal. Let me just tell you this. If you and I, we look at the world and we look at the way that they do life, the way that they do marriage, the way that they do finances, the way that they do fun, the way that they do success, all of it, and we try to compare ourselves to them, we are going to be lost. And we're going to be that ugly duckling because it's different. We don't do life the way that the world does. It's going to be different. But if we constantly compare ourselves to them, to the world, we're going to have a distorted view about everything, about absolutely everything. And our main verse for this whole series is Romans 12. It's Romans 12, 2, and it says this, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We're not going to follow the pattern of this world. If we look at that, it is going to be as wrong as a goose that thinks, or a swan that thinks it's a duck. It doesn't work. And likewise, they're going to look at us if we let the world, and they're going to tell us that we're ugly, that we're doing it wrong, that, this is, that we're, it's all messed up. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at what the Bible says. How are we supposed to be? What are we supposed to be doing? What is this supposed to be like? And we're not going to let the world tell us what success is, what health is, what marriage is, what sex is, what fun is. All of it will be distorted if we let them set the agenda for us. And today, we're going to specifically look at finances. We're going to look at money. And really, think of it this way. When, 
when we get money wrong, when we get money wrong, it affects everything. Everything. But when we get money right, it also affects everything. The world tells you this. The world says this about finances, about money. It says, get whatever you can, can what you get. He who dies with the most toys wins. If you're not happy now, it's because you don't have the next latest and greatest and shiniest and newest. And that's what will make you happy. And as soon as you buy that, it's the newer version of that with a new button or without the button. It's, it's something different. That, that is what the world says. That's the world's view of stuff. Is it's always something else. It's always something more. And if the more money you have, the more valuable you are. Your net worth is your actual worth. And if you have enough money, well, we'll let you tell us about everything just because you have a lot of money. I have no idea why, but you get these voices. It's just, you have nothing to do with this. You can't keep viruses off of your computer, but you can advise us on everything else. Okay, if you have enough money, we'll just listen to what you have to say. That's, the, that's what the world says. Because that's success, that's this, that makes you important, that makes you great, your value is tied to it. But that's not at all what the world says. That is what the world says, that's not all what the Bible says. And really, it's completely different in the Word of God. And the Word of God, to sum it up in one word, is this, it's stewardship. Now, I'm guessing most of you did not this morning be like, wow, stewardship. Yep, I was just talking about that. You know, we're just having a conversation over coffee about stewardship. It's, it's not something we, honestly, that word has kind of fallen out of our English vocabulary, our day-to-day -day word use. It's just kind of gone. That is, unless maybe you grew up in the church or you're familiar with churches and, and you were in a church and they're like, you heard stewardship and you knew exactly what that was. It's like special offering or fundraiser. We're going to do a stewardship campaign and build a building. We're not. If you were thinking, yay, build. No, that's, that's not what this is. This is not a building campaign. We're not. You're like, oh, yeah, that would be fun. But no, that's not, that's not what stewardship is. And unfortunately, that's what many people who grew up, grow up or have grown up in the church really think of stewardship as. But that's not what stewardship is. And why does that apply to us? Why does that apply to us? Well, Exodus says this, Exodus 19 verse 5 says, for all the earth belongs to me. God's talking, all the earth is mine. Job 41.11 at the end says this, everything under heaven is mine. And of course, Psalms 24.1, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. It's all of them. So let me just ask, if it's God's, if it's all God's, how much of it is mine? None. I mean, I mean, think about this. The car that you drove here today, the materials, every bit of that came from the world that God created. The money that you used to pay for it was printed on the tree that God made. I mean, I mean all of it, the air that we're breathing, every, every bit of it is ours. And really, if we look at the way that the world describes stuff and money, and the way that the Bible does, the two words we can boil it down to, one describes one and the other describes the other, and that's this. One is ownership, with, which if I own it, it's mine. I can't even say it like a three-year-old can. I wish I could. Like, mine! I, I, I can't do it. Three-year-olds can say mine, and it's just the most amazing thing. But they just get this, and it's like, my! Oh. If I own it, it's mine. And then the other one is this, stewardship. 
And stewardship, like what is it really? Like what, what is stewardship? What am I talking about? Well, if you're thinking about the future and you realize that one day you probably will, uh, that body of yours might wear out a little bit and you're not going to want to work or, or able to work and put in the hours like you are now, you might have something called a retirement plan. Maybe a Roth IRA or an IRA. And you invest money. And you, and you might even have someone that's called a manager that oversees those funds. They're not theirs, but you give them the funds and they kind of help manage it and they watch the market and they're like, hey, this is happening, I think we should do this and they give you some advice on what, you think that, what they think you should do with it and they're managing really what they are is they're a steward. They're overseeing, they're watching, they're taking care of something that's not their own and that is really, that, that's what stewardship is and that's what you and I do. Like Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, I mean, when you think about it, what happened in the Garden of Eden? God placed them in the Garden of Eden, Genesis 2.15. Adam and Eve are there, and God placed them there, and he says, tend and watch over it. He basically said, steward it, take care of it. And then God put a tree in the middle of the garden as a constant reminder, and he says, that one you can't touch. It's off limits. They were stewards. They were stewards of something the earth. That's what they were supposed to be. And the lie that Satan told them was the lie that they would be like the owner. That's, that's that lie. Genesis 3.15 talks about it. The devil came to Eve and said this, God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, the owner, knowing both good and evil. He says, you'll be like the owner. We are stewards. Now, anytime, anytime we start talking about stewardship, you've probably heard me say this, but for every mile of road, there's how many miles of ditch? Two. There's a ditch on each side. And, and when we talk about stewardship, the, the one ditch is the, is, is the poverty ditch. And that's like, yes, stuff is bad. It's evil. If you have stuff, you're evil. And if you have something that I don't have, you probably did something evil to get that thing. Like it's, that's the poverty Okay, and it's the less I have, the better, and the more spiritual I am, and I don't want anything. And we've, there's stories of monks that decide to live on top of a pole because they want to get rid of everything and try to be closer to God, and they don't impact anybody. And I'm like, oh, that's not using your gifts and making a difference at all. You need to go to growth track. But anyways, <laughs> and, then, and then the other side of the ditch, we go all the way over here, and that is the prosperity gospel. And that's... Whew, Man, God loves you, and he wants you to be a billionaire. And that's just what will happen if, if you give through your church or my televangelistic ministry. Like, you have to, like it, it's this whole, this is, and let me just tell you, they're both ditches. There's one on each side, and that's not where we want to be. That's not what we want to be. First Corinthians, or excuse me, First Timothy, in talking, about, in talking about our view and how we should look at money and things, says this. 1 Timothy 6, 17, teach those who are rich in this world to hate money and to feel guilty for what they have on all occasions, to see money as the root of evil. Teach them that I want them always in need, says the Lord, to be needy. And by doing this, I hope you realize that's not really what it says. It's on the screen. I hope you got your Bible. That's not it. That's not it at all. So let's read what it actually says in verse 17. It says, teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud, not to trust in their money, which is unreliable, but to trust, their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. 
Let me just say this. It is not wrong to enjoy what God has entrusted to you. Don't mismanage it, but it's okay to enjoy it. It's not bad to have nice things. It's not bad to have something nice. That's, that's not what that is. Not at all. But then it says, this, see, see, we can have things, but don't ever let things have you, and don't ever let things have a place in your heart. Don't let them have a place in your heart. Verse 18 says this. It says, tell them to use their money to do good. Now, here's what I believe. I believe every single one of you should be rich. And here's why. That they should be rich in good works and generous to those in need. That's what we need to be rich in. To be rich in good works. I love that. Generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. Verse 19, by doing this, they will store up for themselves treasures as a good foundation for the future that they, are, that they may experience true life. Now it says, always be ready. Ready to share with others. Are you ready to share with others if you're living paycheck to paycheck? No. No, you're not. You're not stewarding well. If we don't steward well what we're given, we don't get to, we don't, we're not ready to be generous. If every, every month there's more month than money and we're just living paycheck to paycheck and, and we get a raise at work and so our lifestyle goes up and we're just like everything that comes in we just consume, we're not ready to be a blessing to anyone. But man, it's so much fun. I mean, just think about it. If you could make financial decisions not on what you could try to afford, but based on principle, you're like, no, I don't want to. Yep, this is where we want to spend money, where you're saying no to things you like so you can say yes to things you love. But if we mismanage what God has, if we're bad stewards of what God has entrusted to us and we already established it's all God's, we don't get to be rich in good works because we're, we're not healthy. The, the sick cannot help the sick. The healthy need to be there to help the sick. And I want, I want you to understand this, if we live below our means, if we live below our means, that I, I said it, below. Proverbs 21, 20 says it like this. The wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. If we live below and we have savings, we're ready to give. But we're not going to be able to do that. We're not going to be able to be generous. If at our home, the B word that we do not say is budget. We're just, we, just, we just don't go there. And the arch nemesis of the family is that evil math. And we're like, we don't want to mess with it. And I wanted it. And it was shiny. And I just bought it. And I did it. And I, woohoo, it's ordered. And it shows up. And no, we're, we're not going to be able to be the blessing. We're not going to be able, if we are bad stewards, if we're not good stewards. But we get to be a blessing, making decisions, deciding, God, we want to honor you with what you have. And let me just tell you this, if you're living paycheck to paycheck right now, the answer is not more. Because what you do with what you have is what you do with what you'll get. You'll just bump that lifestyle up. Decide today, make the hard decision to cut back, figure out what you need to do. But cut back, decide you're going to live, say, God, I'm a steward, it's all yours. I cannot be just consuming all of it. Shave the lifestyle back, get rid of what you need to get rid of subscriptions, just cut them away. Get and I know it can be hard. We have, Beck and I have been there. There's a season where God just spoke to both of our hearts and was like, get out of debt. 
And, you know, I, I was raised, you do not borrow um, for consumer debts, for things that depreciate. You don't borrow. So we didn't have a car payment. We, you know, you just save up cash and buy whatever you can afford and enjoy it. Like, that's what, that's what we did. And, but we had these, we had the house, and then I had decided there was this investment thing, and I borrowed against that house. So I had this little loan. Um, we had both of these, and God just really spoke to our hearts. It was like, pay off all of it. And it was, it was work. It, it was work. But when I, typically when I go at something, I don't go at it like halfway. And so we were like all in and we did it. And, but the thing was this, is we said, we're going to say no to some things so we can say yes to being out of debt. So we did it. Cell phones, don't have them. Boom, got rid of mine, got rid of hers. How are you going to get a hold of us? Write a letter. Like it's gone. Internet, No. Not a chance. We cut that off. It's like, okay, we'll get rid of that. Temperature, drop it down. It's like water, teeter, turn it down. We pinched pennies. We pinched the pinch of the pennies. Like We pinched it all. It's like, we're not going to do this. But the, what God had laid on our heart was this. He says, I want you ready to do what I call you to do. And we had no idea that he was going to call us a few years later to start a church, to leave this job and go to this other stuff. We had no idea. But the thing I look back and I love... The, the muscle that we got to work was this, is saying no to things we want so we could say yes to things we love. And we have to have that muscle. It's all God's. We're stewarding what God has given to us. The goal is to be rich in good deeds. I love what God told Abraham. Now, Abraham in the Old Testament, if we look at Abraham, God made a covenant with Abraham. And you and I are actually considered Abraham's seed when we join, when we become believers. The Bible says that we join and we become a part of this covenant that God had. We join that covenant. And in Genesis 12, God's talking to Abraham and he says this in Genesis 12 too. He says, I will make you a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great so that you can be a blessing. This is by no means a, a give-to-get message. This is a we-get-to-give. And it's looking at what we've been given and deciding, God, how can I use this? What can I do? How can I use this to be a blessing? So we have to ask ourselves, are we a steward or are we an owner? I know it can sound simple, but I think you know simple things don't mean easy. It, it's hard. It's hard to make decisions and decide, I'm not going to do this, and I'm, I'm going to live on a budget. And let me just say this, budgets are not for poor people. Budgets are so that you know where your money's going. We paid off our house. I told you we did this. We paid off this debt. We worked at it. I think it took us uh, about five years of working at it. We didn't go out to eat. We didn't do all kinds of stuff. I mean, I mean, we did not. It was like buy shop, like clothes. We shopped at Goodwill. Stuff had holes in it. You're like, I'm not getting rid of it. Like, I just wear it again. Like, it's just, it, we did it. And then five years. So finally, we pay off. We pay off the house. We paid off everything. And we had been just throwing everything that came in. We've been thrown at this. And then we went, I want to say about eight months without a budget, where it was just like, well, finally. Now, one thing is we had prolonged like a lot of house maintenance and stuff, and so I just, it's like, okay, finally, we can fix this, and we can replace that, and we can put a door on that wall, you know, we can, we can do a whole bunch of that stuff, but you want to know what? We got to the end of that eight months, and I'm like, we just used whatever came in. We went from Payments to no payments at all 
And without a budget, it was just like, wow, we, 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 we managed to spend it. And I remember looking back and being like, where did it go? Like, 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 what was it? And then you're like, oh, yeah, well, you fixed the sink here, and you did this over here, and, and, and we did. And some of that was just like, hey, we finally get to celebrate and breathe a little bit because we just hadn't for five years. Like, we just didn't spend. But it's so easy. It is so easy to, as it comes in, just be like, yep, that's good. Let's just buy this and order this. And it's easier now than it's ever been. It's one click, and oop, there it is. And how did I order that? And I don't know. And, and it's really bad because something shows up at the house, and you're like, I don't even remember what I ordered. Did I need it? How bad do I need it if I don't even remember? I'm like, I don't even know. I just think that's ridiculous. Every time that happens to me, I'm like, obviously I didn't need it. And then I'm looking, and I'm like, well, did it show up a day late? Because then I can just say it arrived late, and I'll take it back for free. I wonder if I, but anyways. It is so easy, but here's what a budget is. A budget is, I realize this isn't mine. And it's not an income issue. It's a God I honor you issue. And I want, I realize that I'm a steward of what you've given me. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to know where it's going, and I'm going to choose to prioritize you in my life. I'm going to choose to prioritize you. It's not bad to have. God gives us everything for our enjoyment, but don't let that stuff have you. And it's not just about what's loose in your wallet. It's all of it. It's God, how, how can you bless me? What, what can I do? God, how can I be a blessing to those that are around me? And I got a lesson in this not too long ago in, in stewardship. Now, Becca and I, for, for years now, we put extra money in our wallet when we walk around. Uh, her purse, and I've got the wallet, it's not the other way around, and we just kind of <laughs> carry it around, and it's a, it's a okay, God, where, where do you want us to give this? And it's been all kinds of things through the years. I remember one time I was in Costco, and I walked down the aisle, and I see somebody down the aisle, and I recognize her from church, and she's there stocking up on stuff because they've got this little, like, uh, almost, a, almost a, a youth ministry because they had this barn and all these teenagers would come over and hang out and then they'd preach and share the gospel with them. And I kind of knew what was going on and she's looking at it and she's buying stuff and I'm like, oh, I just get this, help them, help them buy that. And so I was able to go over there and I was like, hey, I'm like, what's all this stuff for? And she's like, it's for, and she tells me it's for all the teenagers that are coming over. She's like, those boys eat so much food. And she's like, and it's not just the boys, the girls eat a ton too. And so she's just going off on all this. And I said, hey, I'd like to help you with that. I think God told me to give this to you. And I just gave her some money. It's something that we've done for a long time. There's been, there's been lots of, there's been people in, in the grocery store and you're like, okay, we're going to pay for it. And there's been other times where we're at a restaurant and you see somebody coming in and, and they're buying food in the family and they're like splitting meals and doing things. And you're like, okay, like, let's just, let's just buy their meal. Let, let's, let's just buy their meal. It, it's something that we, we've done and it's, it's fun. Like you can have fun with money, but let me just tell you, honestly, if you really want to have fun with money, give it away. Go into a restaurant we don't have Waffle Houses up here, but when we travel, it's just fun. Go into a Waffle House. I'm so serious. Or go into a restaurant, and that waiter or waitress that's not giving you any good service at all, they're having the worst day of their life, and be like, I get to be the one to turn it around. Wait till they see the tip I'm leaving. And you just write, God loves you underneath it. You want to have fun with money? Try doing some of that. That's fun. Well, this is something that we've done for, for, for years, but recently... I. I got schooled in this, and a gentleman showed up at my house and said, hey, um, 
I've got some money for you. And he handed me $1,000. And he's like, and I'm like, oh, this is great. And he goes, here's what I want you to do. He says, 100 you can have. He goes, but here's what I want you to do with the rest of it. He goes, put it in your wallet. You and your wife, put some in your wallet. Pray about it. And then just give it away as God leads. He goes, and then just tell me the stories. And I was like, this is going to be cool. So I prayed about it. And God told me to go to the store, the mountain bike store, and get some new mountain bike parts. <laughs> no. No, I did not do that. And if I did, I think most of you wouldn't even come back next week. You're like, that guy's crazy. He steals from... It felt different. The interesting thing was I took it, and I took one, and I put it in my pocket. Becca took a bill, and she put a, a bill in her pocket, and I, I folded up the envelope, and I put it in a little safe, and, I, and I'm like, okay, we got to keep that. I want to make sure, because it felt different. I realized I was a steward, and that it wouldn't be okay for me to just go take that money and upgrade my mountain bike, that that's not what it was for, that this wasn't just to end with me, but was to be given through me. And so, as we had done before, we pray, and I'm just going to, okay, God, lead us and guide us in what we're doing, and how we're giving, and what we're doing. And Beck and I, we were on our way to Florida, uh, and, and we're just cruising along, and we had an in, impromptu, we were going to stop and go, go see this couple. And we're, she's, she's navigating, so she's like, okay, well, I think we're going to do this, and we make the decision to do it. I'm like, okay, let's go see them. And I'm like, what exit do we need to take? And she's like, that one, right there, right now, take that one. I'm like, no, 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 no. We didn't cause an accident. We, just, we get over there, and we're headed to go see this couple, just, just random. And she looks at me, and she's like, oh, I think we should give them one of these hundreds. I, we know what they're doing, this kind of thing. She goes, I think we should give it. And you want to know what I said? I was like, no. Yeah. Oh. And I, I said, no. And then I don't remember if it was Becca or God or what it was, but it was like, it's not even your money. Why are you saying no? Like, you have it to give, and she wants to give, and she wants to give. And I'm just like, yes, let's do it. But it changed. I, I loved the feeling that I had that it was, this is different. I don't want to mix it. It has a separate part in my wallet. It's on the other side of this little divider thing that's in there. It's like, it goes there because I don't want to misuse it. There's a trust that, he, that this man trusted me with, that this couple trusted us with, and I want to make sure it gets used the way that they would intend, the way that God intends it to be. And I thought, what a fun, what a fun lesson. I was like, I think everybody should have this happen. And I can't do that for everybody, but what we are going to do today is I'm going to do that for all of you. So at the end of service, what we're going to do is the ushers are going to be at the back of the room, and they're going to have the little buckets, and in those buckets are envelopes, and I encourage every single one of you to take one. And in those envelopes is a bill. I think one of them has two. So lucky you, you get that one. But here's the deal. There's a bill inside that. And there's some instructions printed on the envelope. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to take the envelope. And kids, like parents, if your kids are in here, are they invited to be a part of this? Absolutely. If you feel like they can. Kids hear from the Holy Spirit. There's not a junior Holy Spirit. And if you're like, you know, they, they understand this and they could be a part of it, then this is for them as well. But here's what the instructions on that envelope are. And it says this. It says, number one, put the money in your wallet or purse. So open it up, take it out of the envelope and put it in your wallet, put it in your purse. And then we just ask that you pray and you ask God 
who to give it to. And you let him lead you. Maybe, maybe there's somebody already on your heart right now. Maybe it's a week, maybe it's a month. I don't know. But you pray, and then when God tells you to, you give it. But you don't be ashamed. You let them know that you're giving this because God told you to. But you give that to them. And then, this is what I ask, is that you record a brief video of how God spoke to you, about how he led you and what happened. Don't include a name of somebody that you give it to. Don't do that. Your name would be great. And then just email that video to hello at lifewest.church. And here's what I hope happens. I hope for some, maybe it might be the first time that God's, you really hear God lead you in this way. I hope you feel it, that that money seems just a little bit different, that you grasp that it's all God's and we're stewards. We're stewards. One day he's going to come back and he's going to say, what did you do with what I gave you? What difference did you make? And who knows the difference that it's going to make in the people's lives. But you pray and you let God lead you. And I love what it says here. This is Matthew 25. Jesus is talking and it says this in verse 31. It says, but when the Son of Man comes in his glory, this is his second return, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his throne, his glorious throne, and all the nations will be gathered in the presence and he'll separate the people as a shepherd separates sheep from goats. And he will place the sheep at his right and the goats at his left. And the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who, have, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. Verse 35, and he says this, For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothes. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. And it says this in the righteous reply, Lord, Lord, when did we see you like this? And in verse 40, and the king will say to them, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you were doing it for me. I get so excited when I think about the lives that are going to be changed when we listen and we allow God to speak to us and to use us. God wants to use you. He loves you. He cares about you. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. You're not an accident. I don't care what anybody told you. God loves you with all of his heart. Jesus came and died and would have died for just you. And he died so that you could have a relationship with him and it's not just die and go to heaven, but Jesus says, I came to give you life and life to the fullest right now. He has a plan and a purpose for your life, and you can begin to walk that out today. Whether that begins with you surrendering your life to God and saying, I need a Savior, or today you say, God, I'm all yours. I'm a steward. I give you everything that I am. And let me just say, this is not about just about the money that's in your wallet. It's about the things, the cars that we drive, the places, everything that's in your purview, you are a steward of, and we just give it all to God, and we say, God, how can you use it? Use me. And we just watch what he does, both in us and through us. So we're going to leave in just a minute. The ushers are already at the door. Please, every one of you are welcome to take an take a envelope. Again, parents, you decide for your kids. They hear just from God just as well as you and I do. And if you think that's good, then please grab one. 
That's one for each of you. But if you're here this morning, you say, I don't know God. I don't know where I stand with him. You can leave here knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt where you stand with him. That your sins are forgiven and begin to walk out of relationship with him. So let me just ask, would you please bow your heads? If you're here or you're online and you say, today I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Today is my day. I don't want to wait any longer. I want to know where I stand. I want to begin to walk out of relationship with him. I want my purpose, my destiny. I'm not going to wait for it any longer. I'm going to chase after it. And today is my day. If that's you, would you lift your hand high to count of three? And then what we're going to do is we're going to pray. I'll lead you in a prayer right in your seat, right where you are. And when we say amen, you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt where you stand with God. Get ready. Here we go. One, two, three. Lift it up high and say, today is my day. I'm making, I'm giving him my all. Okay, hands down. Here's what I want us to do. Everybody in the room online, if you raised your hands, we're going to pray this together. But I want us all together, just repeat after me. And those that raised your hands, as you say these words, say them from your heart, make them your own. And let's pray together. All together, say, Jesus, thank you for dying for me so I could be free. Forgive me and make me new. Thank you for shedding your blood, for paying the price I could never pay. From now on, I'll live for you. With all that I am, I'm yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.